Looking for a graduation gift to inform, inspire, and encourage? When you give a subscription to Christianity Today, you're giving redemptive, relevant news and thoughtful balanced dialogue about the church, current issues, and public theology. Visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to get a discounted student subscription for the graduates in your life. Starting at only $2 per month, this gift will engage and grow their faith throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. Welcome to Questions and Ethics with Russell Moore, where we apply the gospel of the kingdom to cultural issues and your questions about the Christian life. And now, here's your host. Hello, this is Russell Moore, and this is Questions and Ethics, the program where we take your questions about the things that you're grappling with and seek to answer them from a gospel kingdom perspective. And today I have a question that comes from a pastor who wrote in and said that he'd seen uh, some back and forth uh, on the internet about uh, John 8, about that, that passage where Jesus encounters the woman caught in adultery. You know the passage, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And this pastor talks about the fact that because there is uh, this bracketing of that passage, it's not found in the earliest manuscripts, should he preach it? And the pastor says, essentially, his, his problem is he wants to preach the Bible. He doesn't have the authority to preach anything other than the Bible. And is this, in fact, the Bible? I think that's a, a really good question, and I understand why there has been this uh, conversation going on, because uh, we understand that God breathed out the text of Scripture, and uh, that means that when we talk about, for instance, the autographs uh, of Scripture, the original writings of the Scriptures, those that, as Peter says, were written by those who are carried along by the Spirit of God. We, we have to preach only those things that are inspired by God. I had a Bible a few years ago that had a misspelling in it. It was uh, somebody had made an error in the uh, publishing company, and they had misspelled a word. Uh, I was sitting there looking at that in the in the church service, and my immediate thought was not, "Oh no, I've lost confidence in God because God doesn't know how to spell." I said, "No, God God breathed out an inerrant, infallible text, and uh, this publisher has miscommunicated that." text. And there, there's an error, not in the Bible, there's an error in this copy of the Bible. And so the question is, since, since John 8, since this portion of John 8 doesn't appear in the earliest text, uh, should we in fact preach it? I think we should. And I think the reason for that is, is this. I think that we have a canon of Scripture that comes to us by the witness of the Holy Spirit to the Word of God. Uh, and I think that uh, there's a, a theologian named Roger Nicole who said several years ago, and I think compellingly, that that witness of the Spirit is not an individual witness of the Spirit. So it's not, in other words, as I'm reading through uh, the New Testament, I say, ah, I, just, I just don't feel like 1 John 3 is inspired. I, just, I, just, I, don't, I, I kind of really do feel like James 3 is inspired. That's not what we mean. What we mean is that the Spirit is given to the church so that the church ultimately 
is going to recognize the voice of Christ found in Scripture. That's what Jesus says in John uh, 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And so when we see the canon of Scripture, what we see is a, a word from God that ultimately is recognized by the people of God. And I think that's what we see happening here in this section of John 8, of Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. It rings true to the people of God. This, this is consistent with what we know about Jesus elsewhere in the New Testament. And there's a, a persistent recognition in the church. This is the Jesus that we have, that we have encountered. And so it persists in, in the church. Now, having said that, there is a real issue in that uh, this section of latter part of John 7 and, and first part of John 8, that this isn't found in the earliest manuscripts of the Bible. That, that, that is a real issue, and we shouldn't ignore that when we're preaching through this. So if I were you, Pastor, I would, I would preach this section of John 8. I wouldn't have any, uh, any hesitation about preaching that, but I would explain it. I, I would use this, I would use this as a teaching opportunity to say, you're going to notice that in your Bible, there are some brackets there, and, and that these brackets say that these, these passages weren't found in the earliest manuscripts of the Bible. That's right. And use that in order to show people that this, uh, this shouldn't cause them to have any less confidence in the Word of God. It actually ought to cause them to have even more confidence in the Word of God. We know uh, where uh, where these texts are that aren't found in the earliest manuscripts. And then I would turn around and say, having said that, it is entirely possible uh, that this is an account of Jesus, finds its way uh, into the canon of Scripture very early on, and it's entirely consistent with so many other things that we see about the Lord Jesus elsewhere in Scripture. Use that passage in John 8 to connect to all of these other passages that are demonstrating a Jesus who is calling people to repentance, go and sin no more, uh, a Jesus who is offering mercy to those who are repentant, let you who is without sin cast the first stone, this Jesus who is taking on hypocrisy. Uh, and a refusal to to acknowledge one's own sin, show how all of those things are consistent, then preach this text and explain why this is bracketed uh, in their Bibles. I think that's the the right way uh, to handle this. What's your question? Maybe something that came to you as you're reading the Bible or as you're having a conversation with a neighbor or a friend, maybe as you're sharing the gospel with someone, a question that, that has come up. Or, or maybe an issue that you're grappling with in your church or in your workplace or in your family or in your neighborhood or in your home, send it to me at questions at erlc.com, and we'll address it here on Questions and Ethics. Till next time, this is Russell Moore. If you'd like to submit a question, email us at questions at erlc.com. That's questions at erlc.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, use the hashtag AskRDM. Thanks for listening to the Questions and Ethics podcast with Russell Moore. To check out future broadcasts, subscribe via iTunes or visit us on ERLC.com.
Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.